Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. Thanks so much for joining us on the Chosen People radio show. We're so glad you're here, and we've got some wonderful things to talk to you about. But I want to begin by reminding us of a beautiful few verses that the Apostle Paul penned to the believers in Philippians, in reading from Philippians chapter 4 at verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, and you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry both of having abundance and suffering. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I think this is a wonderful passage, and I can't imagine that Paul was unfamiliar with Psalm 23. (laughs) I'm sure that he knew it well. I'm sure he probably knew it by heart. I'll ask him when I see him, but I'm sure that he did, and uh, he probably recited it in, in Hebrew. And so Psalm 23 speaks about the relationship between the good shepherd and the sheep, between the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his people. And it speaks to the wonderful relationship that we have as sheep, fully dependent on a good shepherd. Uh, With me is Bobby Walter, our New York Regional Director, and uh, I think Bobby has some really good things to share about Psalm 23 as well. Bobby? Shalom and welcome, Mitch. Thank you so much for starting things off with Philippians 4. And it really does speak to just this big picture idea that we've been discussing last week and now this week about Psalm 23 and our relationship with God. And that's one thing that really stood out from last week's conversation to me. We talked quite a bit about the fact that God is the good shepherd, that he is the shepherd king, that he cares for us, that he meets our needs, that he provides for us, he protects us, that he's always with us. And Psalm 23 is such a great source for us to go to, to learn about the nature and character of God. But at the same time, we also learn about ourselves as sheep, how we fall short, how we go astray, how, how much we need our shepherd how we can't do anything without our shepherd. And and, uh, this idea is all over the New Testament, especially when we look at Jesus coming as, you know, the good shepherd, uh, that that great shepherd of the sheep, as he's described. And Jesus himself, Yeshua himself, in John 15, 5, he he didn't use the, the sheep shepherd imagery, but he used the vine and the branches to communicate the same principle. And he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And it's true, we, we need God in every area and every aspect of our lives. And when we look at Psalm 23, again, with this idea of uh, God as the shepherd and us as the sheep, you know, I, I can't help but think about a little video, a 30-second video that was circulating on all social media about two, three months ago. And it was this sheep 
that was stuck headfirst deep within this mm. very narrow trench. And all you see is one little hind paw sticking out. <laughs> and then the shepherd comes over and he, he grabs that hind paw and with love and care and, and strength, he pulls the sheep out of the hole and sets it free. The sheep is, is happy and it begins to run off. It takes about 10 steps and then it takes this huge leap head first right back into the trench. And it's just such a good image for us as sheep, as God's followers. God is so patient with us. God is so caring. And we so often just go diving headfirst back into that trench, and we need the Good Shepherd to come and pull us out. Boy, spiritual lessons from uh, YouTube and TikTok. I mean, what's the world coming to? But, you know, you're a lot younger than I am, Bobby, so. Yeah, emphasis on a lot, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're in a real spiritual battle, and we're facing many different physical challenges, and some of those listening to us today are facing a lot of physical struggles too. And you know, our enemy would do anything and everything to make sure that we will give up and stop fighting. But the enemy who tries to prevent us doesn't know the power of the Good Shepherd. Satan is not all-knowing. He makes a lot of mistakes because of his arrogance and pride, which was the cause of his original fall from heaven. And he expects us to go along with those things and be arrogant and prideful as well. But when we accept the sheep imagery and understand that we are sheep, we know that in fighting this spiritual battle that Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 6, that we must be completely dependent upon the Lord. And so, God is going to be with us along the path, and he uses a lot of the obstacles, Mm -hmm. uh, like another hole that we can jump into. And he never pushes us into the hole, Bobby, but, but, but he lets it sit there, and he uses the struggles we face to, number one, grow stronger, and number two, to grow more and more in love with him and to, uh, to be loyal to him and to follow him, because we know that if we go by our own instincts that we're going to end up in a hole. David was familiar with the shepherd's annual trek, his sheep on the mountain ranges during the summer and the pitfalls and dangers in the valley. And so we read the verse in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. And some wonder if there's actually a real shadow of death. David certainly had faced a lot of different kinds of shadows of death. But there are stories of steep and deep and narrow canyons where the sun only hits the bottom of it when it's directly overhead at high noon. The rest of the time, the bottom of the canyon is pitch dark. It's purported to be between Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, and Jericho. And it is the location of the actual road where the story of the Good Samaritan uh, took place. Mm -hmm. So considering where Bethlehem is, and still is, David would very likely have led his sheep through the valley of the shadow of death as he was growing up. But there's always a spiritual reality to our physical reality. Uh, Things in this world teach us about things in the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. And I think David was talking about both. Sheep lack good vision. They're easily frightened in new circumstances, especially when it's dark. And that's so true of us too, isn't it? Most of us don't like to be in the dark. And one of the things that we 
discover in the dark is that we're alone. And it's the dark and the loneliness that makes us fearful. We want to be hopeful. We want to be unafraid. And the pathway to discovering that freedom, that freedom from fear, that sense of hope, that belief that you can work your way through the dark times, through the spiritual battles, is when we take Psalm 23 at face value and know that the Lord is with us. He provides, he guides, he fights for us, he cares for us, he nurtures us and anoints us with the oil of the Holy Spirit so that we could be victorious in the battles and avoid the pitfalls of life. That's right, Mitch. And you know, I think it's fair to say that when we go through difficult valleys, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's hurricanes, whether it's flooding, whether it's the issues in Afghanistan, what we should do first and foremost, like good dependent following sheep, is we should run to the presence of our God, run to the good shepherd, where he'll guide us and lead us, where he'll never leave us, where he'll protect us, where there's green pastures and there's still waters, where ultimately it's safe. Even though things are crumbling all around us, even though things may be crumbling inside of our, our own minds and hearts, we can run to safety in the arms of the good shepherd. And I think, I think Jesus says it best in Matthew eleven twenty eight, which honestly has always been one of my favorite passages. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Technology has given us an exciting new way to reach the Jewish people with the good news of Jesus like never before. Prior to 2014, we had to rely on billboards, buses, subways, and newspapers to get the word out. But now, with the advances of technology and your partnership, we can reach tens of thousands of Jewish people with a simple click of a button in this exciting digital age. So, learn more about our mission and help us continue reaching Jewish people over the internet by going online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or connect with us over the phone by calling one of our team members at 888-293-7482. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. Sometimes we look around the world and all we see is chaos and a mess. And we wonder the real reason for all these wars and fighting, for all these natural disasters and diseases. And Mitch, right now we're going to hear from Pastor Sam Porter, who was a chaplain in charge of the morgue at Ground Zero during 9-11. That's right. Uh, Sam is a wonderful brother in the Lord. He's a pastor from Oklahoma. He cut his teeth on ministering at the Oklahoma bombing of the federal courthouse there. But the Lord really broke his heart during 9-11, and I consider uh, him to really be one of God's heroes. I was born in a Christian home, but at age nine, we had a visiting evangelist in our church, and I was saved where I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I grew up 
in that Christian home. And when I was 14 years old, God called him in ministry. And I knew that very specifically. After I went to college and seminary, I started pastoring. I was 25 years old when I became a senior pastor. Okay, this is, I started pretty quick. And uh, about a year after I was pastoring, then God just called me to reach men to get them involved in hands-on missions and they can give themselves away. And so that developed over 15 years. And then I became a disaster relief director in Oklahoma. And then 19 years later, that's going to be the national director for all Southern Baptist, 47,000 churches in the United States. My first year as a disaster relief director in Oklahoma, a tornado came through Oklahoma City, and there were 6,600 homes severely damaged or totally destroyed. 48 people died. And that was overwhelming to me. But I knew God was with me. And, and uh, I know God is always going to show up at a disaster. If it's a small tornado or if it's a 9-11 event. When I got the call in Oklahoma 15 minutes before the second building fell, and he said, I want you to go coordinate chaplaincy for us at Ground Zero. God opened door, we came, and we met with ATF, FBI, and U.S. Marshals that worked Oklahoma City bombing in Oklahoma in 95. Those same guys were there at New York. They were the terrorism team. And half a block from them was the temporary morgue where they brought out all the bodies, all body bags. And the man there from Washington had been there 36 hours, and we got there. And he looked up and saw, and he knew what our chaplains, and I had three of them that did that in Oklahoma at the Murrah bombing. And he said, I'm glad you're here. I said, well, I was not there. He says, but you're the director, correct? I said, yes. He said, then you're in charge of the chaplaincy at this part of Ground Zero. And so we prayed over every body bag, but he he set that up and he told the medical examiners, you can't touch these bags until we have prayed or given them last rites. But the process was all of us knew if God calls us to do anything in life, he will equip us to carry out what he's called us to do. We just need to trust him and do it. They didn't let anybody in families in until a week after it had happened. And then they brought them 75 at a time. And so they asked us to meet the people that came down. And the first 75, we walked them in right up against the rubble. And they were just stunned. Then they all realized why we could not find their family. But the thing that got me more than anything was I was standing by a petite lady, and she had a little six-year-old son who had a little baseball cap on, kind of cocked over the way little boys wear it. I mean, I was toast, man. I was standing there. And so we prayed with them before we went in there. Then we just went in, and then we just stood. You know, sometimes ministry is just the presence of God with them as chaplains. And so the 75, then we answered any questions, but we said, this is why we cannot find your family. There's nothing resembles anything. And so I was standing with that beautiful young lady and her little child, and so I just felt... The Holy Spirit say, talk to this little boy. So I just knelt down beside him and put my arm around him. I said, your daddy uh, didn't come home last Tuesday, did he? He said, my daddy has not come home since last week. And so I said, well, your daddy's not going to come home. You know, I consoled him and told him how sorry I was. I said, but... Let me give you some hope. And I talked to him about Jesus. I said, there's a heavenly father 
that will always be there for you. You can't see him, but I said, I'm hoping you can feel him by the Spirit of God that will live within you. So we're going to pray that this Heavenly Father will step into your life and pour into you by what we call the Holy Spirit. You can't hear him with these ears, but you can hear him with the ears of your heart. And then I just held her hand and held that little boy really tight, and I prayed for them that the Father, the Comforter, would touch him in a major way. Whew, man, I was done for the rest of the day. I mean, I was still ministering, but it was just God gave me that tender moment. No matter what was going on in the world, that little boy needed the tender love of Jesus in his life. And, uh, and then we processed 75 at a time for two or three days, brought hundreds down, and we were able to share with them and pray with them and stand with them. And, and, and I can't tell you, I've seen every kind of disaster that we know in terrorism as well. And God, His grace is sufficient to equip us for what we must do. And He knows my limitations, but with Him, we should not have limitations because He's not going to lead us to do something He knows that we can't do. But if even if I can't do it with myself, he'll give me the power and strength to do it if he calls me. But the fact is, he changed everything. He came with the new covenant, right? And so he still is doing that. He just didn't do that when he was 33 years old. He does it all the time. That's who Jesus is. And, and then he lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And so he calls us to do something, any task in life, to do whatever he's called you to do, in order to tell his story until he comes again. And the old hymn says, Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. And that's what believers do. They go and help rescue those that are perishing and those that are dying. We need to care for them and, and honor them and treat them with respect. I told, I told scores and scores of family members, every body that came out of that place was treated with great dignity. They didn't just try to examine and find the DNA. They waited for us to pray before they would even touch the body bags to make the identification. So, I mean, I was thrilled in the, the largest city in the United States. They had such care and careful to honor the dead. And that's really what happens, how Jesus can be the change agent when, when people are desperate they don't care what name is on the lifeboat. They just want to be saved. But when we come, we come in Jesus' boat, and we come in the name of Jesus. I've never prayed as much and cried as much in my life in those days. And it's what Jesus said, weep with those that weep and mourn with those that mourn, and they'll, they'll know that you're of me, basically, is what that text in the Beatitudes is about. And I saw that over and over and over again. Beatitudes, mourn with those that mourn, weep with those that weep. And we did that a lot, you know, besides processing bodies. So it's, it's the greatest honor I've ever had, the hardest job I've ever had. But yet I felt the presence of God every single moment. Every single moment I was there. And I still do. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. You know, Mitch, 
King David, when he was writing Psalm 23, for so much of it, he's talking to us about God. But then in verse 4, when he gets to the portion about the valley of the shadow of death, the tone, the voice changes, and he starts speaking directly to God. Yeah, it's, it's really his prayer. You can imagine David walking with some of the sheep at the close of the day. It's pitch black. The stars are twinkling in the desert. David finally gets the sheep to sit down and, and rest. And he's had an incredible day, maybe a lot of hardship, uh, maybe some attacks from other wild animals that tried to kill sheep. Maybe some sheep were walking off cliffs and he was able to stop it. And you're right, Bobby, that's a direct prayer by David to God. And you wonder, because there's quite a jump in the text there, so he's no longer really speaking about the functions and actions and responsibilities of a shepherd. Now he's talking about his personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like David, the shepherd, understood that he had a greater shepherd at all times, and that shepherd was the Lord. And so I love this psalm, and I hope and pray that many of you listening will reconsider it again, reflect upon it, maybe read it tomorrow morning with a cup of coffee, and just say, Lord, I am your sheep, and you are my great shepherd, and I'm so glad that I will dwell in your house forever. We've had a wonderful time exploring Psalm 23 over the last couple of shows, but we want to make sure that this really is fixed in your minds and in your hearts. And as Paul said to Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching in 1 Timothy 4.13. And so I'm asking Bobby if you would do us the honor of reading God's Word, Psalm 23, to us. Yeah, absolutely, Mitch. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Earlier in the program, we heard the testimony of Pastor Sam Porter, one of the chaplains on September 11th. And if you would like to hear more stories of hope and healing from our recent conference that was held to honor the memories and lives of the September 11th heroes and fallen, then just visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. And while you're there, let us know that you're listening this weekend. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to send you a special gift for free as our way of saying thank you for tuning in. Once again, you'll find us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. You can also write to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street, New York, New York, 10022. And now to close with the ironic benediction, here's Marty Getz and Mitch Glazer. 
Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ya'er panavelecha v'yichunecha. Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.